my name is Emily Pena, and for my TV archive podcast, I chose the show Sister Sister, which aired from 1994 to 1999. And overall, the show is about two twin sisters, Tia and Tamara, who were separated at birth, and they come together as teenagers, and they learn from each other, they grow up together, and something that I like to mention is that they were both adopted by single parents, and when they first bumped into each other at the mall in season one, episode one, the parents both decided to co-parent together because they believed that Tia and Tamara should grow up together, and they just believed that it was destiny that they ended up bumping into each other at the mall out of all places. And they co-parented and raised the girls. And according to the New York Times in the 1990s, the number of two-parent households with children increased by 700,000 from 1990 to 1995, reversing the 20-year-old decline. And I think the producers of Sister Sister did a great job by putting two single parents together because it reflected this lifestyle and the home lifestyle so perfectly in sister sister with the two parents coming together and I think the story of Tia and Tamara just represent this statistic very well and before I begin I'd like to say that I was born in 1999 So I never grew up watching Sister Sister, but I did know Tia and Tamara from a Disney Channel original movie called Twitches that I grew up watching. So watching Sister Sister and to go back in time almost to see how young they were and to see how much they've grown since from when I known them was so amazing and so cool. And the series was filmed for five years. So in a sense, you see Tia and Tamira starting as teenagers all the way up to college. And when you look at the first episode to the last episode, they look so much older. They act so much older. And obviously different things are happening in their life now that they're older. But I find that so cool and what's even cooler to me is that you really see the 1990s culture and style. Overall, during the filming of the show, it seems that everything is very relaxed and calm and that might be because overall the vibe is very nostalgic and Sister Sister really captivates the 90s culture as a whole and it's something that I'm oddly attracted to even though I wasn't raised in the 90s but the set of sister sister is a very neutral interior design in their house and it feels really homey they have a couch in there for example that I'm going to use but the girls are would come over they'd bring their friends they'd study they'd eat they'd just chill out but on this couch they'd lay down upside down they'd you know, kick their feet up, they'd sit on the arm, they'd sit on the floor and lean on the couch. And if you really think about it to me, it's very significant overall, just because of the fact that T and Tamara, 
even though they're twins, they didn't know each other at one point and they were considered strangers until they met. And to see them so comfortable with one another is amazing. Almost as if they have known each other their whole lives. And it might, of course, be more of a twin sister component and destiny, but they feel like home when they are with each other. And when many think of the 90s, again, they feel nostalgic and at peace and comforted just as Tia and Tamara feel with each other and with their friends and their family. And according to the Washington Post, researchers have also found that nostalgia comforts us by making us feel connected to one another and to a shared past. They add, since the 90s were the last moment before the internet splintered mass culture, the decade is particularly good nostalgia fodder. And this is a great example to use just because when Sister Sister got released on Netflix, everyone was going crazy. On Twitter and on social media, it was one of the top 10 episodes for a little bit just because everyone was so excited to see their childhood show be on Netflix and that they could binge watch it again. And this has to do with the nostalgia that the Washington Post is talking about. Another thing I'd like to mention within the show is the 90s style. And the 90s style definitely has its influence in today's fashion, but according to the encyclopedia.com from the 1990s lifestyle and social trends overview, Americans relaxed many standards during the 1990s, including those regarding fashion. In addition, young people influenced by a new style of rock music known as grunge started to wear loose-fitting jeans, old flannel shirts, and t-shirts. Some fashion designers incorporated these thrift store influences into their seasonal lines. Others catered to the growing hip-hop fashion movement that would come to dominate young America by the end of the decade. As we just discussed, the set feeling relaxed, but also the fashion in the show. It's very important, and I feel as when you're a teenager like Tia and Tamara and you're a young adult, you always want to stay on trend when you're young. You always want to be the cool kid. You never want to be the one left out. And you really see this through the baggy jeans and the comfortable, you know, plaid leggings that they're always wearing and the oversized denim overalls and even their hair accessories too. Um, They would wear big headbands or these skater grunge beaties. They'd wear denim hats. And we also see this throughout the whole series of the show when they're at school. If you just look at what they're wearing, it really captivates the 90s. But something that I want to mention is that T and Tamara were on trend. And to me, at least, they seemed very affordable trendy, in my opinion. And this affordable trend... I feel like builds a relationship with the viewer in the sense that they are just like the viewer. They are just like you. They're a teenager who wants to stay trendy. It wasn't like they're wearing something out of a Vogue magazine. It's just something that they could just pick up at the mall that's cheap and affordable. And if you want to go deeper into it, they 
are just like the viewers in the sense that they go to school, they have jobs, they have relationships throughout high school, they do clubs and organizations, and they have a relationship with their family. And you really grow with them as you're watching them throughout the series as you're growing yourself. The first show I would like to discuss is Season 5, Episode 15, titled Ladies in Waiting, which is about the college application process and the college acceptance letter process. And during this episode, Tia and Tamara are seniors in high school and they are applying to colleges and are getting their acceptances letters back in the mail. But Tia is the smarter of the two and she's really outshining Tamara. So Tamara gets really discouraged. She feels like she's not as important and she decides to rejoin her Girl Scout troop without her family knowing to beef up her college application so she could have something to be proud of and have something to put on her application. And I chose this episode because I feel as if applying to college is really hard and you really have to shine above the rest to be admitted. And there's really a lot of pressure at such a young age and such a crucial time in your life. It's so important and so valuable your senior year of high school because you're truly starting a new chapter of your life. You're going to, that's the last year you're with your friends. In high school, you might move out and start a new life. So having that much stress at such a young age is a lot. And because so many students are stressed out, a lot of students decide to apply to more colleges than they what they really need to. So according to the New York Times and the National Association of College Admissions, in the 90s, only 9% of students applied to seven or more colleges. And the reason of this is because applications are so competitive now and admissions are so competitive now that you really have to apply to more schools as backups because a lot of people are scared that they're not going to get into their top choice or not going to even get into their safety schools. So as a result, they apply to more schools so they could hire their chances. And we even see that in the show because Tia applied to many universities and many schools and she even got rejected by her top choice. And luckily she was... I guess a part of that 9% where she applied to many universities and she had backups, but Tamara, on the other hand, only applied to the University of Michigan and her backup was just a community college and luckily she got into the University of Michigan, but it really shows the difference and represents that statistic very well that not many people applied to that many schools because applying to college is so stressful and it could be very discouraging as well if you don't get into the one that you hope for. But something interesting in this episode is that Tamara rejoins her Girl Scout troop so she could have something on her college application and to have something to be proud of and and just to put on her application. But if you really think about it, she only did this because she needed the item to set her apart from the rest. And I feel as now and in the 90s, society really made up that you have to be involved in something, whether it's in clubs or organizations in high school, that you might necessarily not really have an interest in and you're just doing it to do it. 
In fact, according to the Princeton Review, grades and test scores are very important, but so are the extra activities you choose to do on your own time. Admission officers are looking to create a class made up of students with diverse interests and backgrounds. They'll look closely at your extracurriculars to get a sense of the person you are and what you care about. And we see this through Tamara obviously joining Girl Scouts, but it's insane that, you know, being a teenager and being a high schooler in general, it's a lot of work as it is. And you could see Tamara, you know, she didn't really join any clubs until she realized it was a little too late and she was in fact like the only high school senior getting promoted in Girl Scouts when she was with a whole bunch of middle schoolers during the ceremony and something else that I would like to note is that I really enjoyed watching the little successes of Tamara finishing Girl Scouts during um, the op the college application process because it's definitely easy to compare yourself with everyone around you because you might think oh like for this instance Tamara's thinking oh well Tia's doing so many better things than I am she has better grades she's more involved and I think the lesson to take out of this episode is that college applications aren't the end of the world it's okay to go to community college. It's okay to have a backup. It's okay not to, you know, move out of your house, but also to remind yourself that every accomplishment is worth celebrating, no matter how big or small, no matter how big, for example, if it's Tia getting into her top choice school or how small as if Tamira finished Girl Scouts. The second show that I'd like to discuss is about Tia and Tamara in their journey along college and a very popular aspect of college is Greek life and fraternities and sororities. So in season six, episode eight, titled Greek to Me, Tia is considering to pledge a sorority while Jordan, who is a boyfriend, tries to go under for the newspaper to expose a fraternity for hazing that he's pretending to pledge. So myself, I'm actually in a sorority. So watching this episode was actually very entertaining to me because I felt as if the producers really captured Tia's experience in whether or not she wants to join a sorority and if it's something she even wants to consider. And, you know, her both of her parents want her to join. And they're really encouraging about it, which is great because not a lot of parents are. But it's funny because both of the parents want her to join two separate ones. And they're both trying to convince her and trying to persuade her with cake and cupcakes and decor and clothing and they even go ahead and schedule interviews with members in the house and it obviously becomes a competition and I find this representation of the competitive aspect to be so realistic like I said I'm in a sorority myself but I'm actually the membership vice president in my sorority so I'm in charge of recruiting these girls and I'm in charge of making sure that these girls want to pledge our house instead of another house and 
it's 100% guaranteed that every sorority, of course, wants the best of the best. So with that, everyone goes above and beyond to convince these girls to join and to pledge. While to them, it's confusing, it's kind of scary and freaky, and it's overwhelming. And sometimes it's something that they aren't even sure if they want to do because it is so intimidating and has so much negative connotation when it comes to hazing and exclusion. In fact, I found an article titled Sorority Girl Gender Class and Presentation of Self-Informal Sorority Recruitment in one of the CSUN databases, and it states that those interested in joining a sorority membership would score higher on measures of disordered eating, boy objectification, and social pressure. And I... I'm honestly not surprised by the statistic because, like I said before, joining a sorority is intimidating. And when you're in a group with girls who are just like you, you're your biggest critic. And you may tend to compare yourself to others, whether it's about body issues or boys. And it could definitely have a negative impact but I think recently sororities are really trying to be more inclusive and, of course, almost even trying to be more pushy when they are trying to recruit, as we are seeing in the show of the mom and dad trying to push Tia to go through sorority recruitment and to pledge a house. But as for Jordan, I think it is a little odd and strange that He plans to get hazed and to be treated poorly and to honestly just go through all this mental and physical trauma just to expose a story about hazing on the school newspaper. Like, is it really worth it if you think about it? And according to the 20 continuing presence of hazing during the fraternity membership intake process post-1990, hazing has been around for ages and emphasizes crude pranks and including obeying the orders of upperclassmen. However, in the 1990s, the National Panhellenic Council prohibited hazing. So the Panhellenic Council is the council that is in charge of all Greek organizations. And I've never been hazed myself. I've never hazed anyone. I'm aware of hazing and what it is. And in this show, they gave him tasks to do. He had to march in a line on campus and they had to address the older members and upperclassmen like sergeants almost and they are you know taking all this information and asking all these questions and they make them clean the front part of the school from the afternoon all the way until the next morning but at the end Jordan oddly enough decides to stay and to be a part of this fraternity Because he's realizing that it's so much more than everything that he thinks it was. And he's realizing it's about being a part of something bigger than yourself. And about being in a brotherhood. Because I guess when his experience, when he was getting hazed, everyone who he was getting hazed with was really there for him. And they were all there for each other. And that... To him, that grew the brotherhood and the bond, which is why he wanted to continue with this. And he didn't find it worth it to expose a fraternity about this. But while this was filmed in 1999-1998, the new Panhellenic rule that I just read from the article 
It says that in 1990, it was prohibited. So obviously, Sister Sister showcased some hazing in the sense that, you know, it is fair, it is a fairly new rule. So a lot of older members are still in the house and they might not get rid of it. And I think hazing is still very prevalent to society today. I know CSUN is a very strict school when it comes to hazing and there's zero tolerance. And I do know though, however, that other schools with other Greek organizations and other parts of the country still do haze. But overall, I think Sister Sister did a good job at portraying, of course, what can unfortunately be the truth when it comes to hazing. But they also showed the meaning behind being a part of a Greek organization instead of how the rest of the media and other shows and movies portray them as such negative organizations because it is, you know, dealing with clickiness, exclusiveness, of course, drugs, sex, alcohol, partying. But Sister Sister did a really good job emphasizing it's about the brotherhood for Jordan and then for Tia about it's the girl group that you want to be in for her, which I think was a great part on the producers. Sister Sister was such a good and unique show to analyze because it really captured the essence of the 90s and the 1990s really had an impact on American culture and to see the 90s being perfectly reflected in Sister Sister was amazing. And like I mentioned before, the nostalgia that the 90s carry is wonderful. And when it premiered on Netflix, everyone was excited because, you know, it was a blast from the past and it was so comforting to many because this was the 90s and this was right before the internet and technology exploded and what makes this show so comforting is because of the fact that the show was filmed in a span of five years and it started off when Tia and Tamir were really young and they were teenagers and it followed them throughout their whole entire middle school high school and a little bit of college and it reflected to the audience and it connected to the audience in so many ways through parent relationships, through being teenagers in high school, your first jobs, first boyfriends and relationships, college life. And it was very relatable to many people and to the viewers who have watched the show from the beginning in season one, when the show was first aired, it's really a reflection of not only Tia and Tamara growing throughout the series, but also a reflection of themselves since it demonstrates the growth they've experienced by watching this show and the series as Tia and Tamara have been growing. When I first picked the series, I found that the older seasons had more valuable lessons and it had more mature topics and that's why I chose episodes in season five and six because they were older and they were 
seniors in high school and it was about the application process and they were freshmen in college and they were deciding on joining Greek life and if it was the right decision for them. And there's a variety of other mature topics throughout the five seasons of Sister Sister, but I chose these two episodes in the last two seasons because it was closer to my age personally since I am in college and it made it more relatable and understanding for me to watch and more enjoyable for me to watch as well. But I think overall that's a great thing about Sister Sister and something that the producers did really well is that since it's filmed within a span of five years, you could really watch it from when you're the age of 13 or 14 all the way up until you're in your college years because you could pick up from anywhere and see the growth um, of Tia and Tamara. Once again, this is Emily Pina, and I hope you enjoyed.